0: oh that gets you excited don't it Look. oh that gets me excited and of course the hottest takes my I used to have this saying if you don't like the series you'll like football i well, right. say i'm a pretty big football fan and i despise <laughs> <thrillers>. okay okay <laughs> so get ready because it's time for spt overtime hello and welcome to this week's episode of spt overtime my name is patrick and i am the host of this week's episode of Hockey Talk. I am taking over for our former host, Dan Groen, who unfortunately has stepped away from WZIP, but I am now being joined by our in-house Penguins fan, Casey Rush. First off, Dan, we'll never forget you, another fallen soldier. Another fallen soldier indeed. It's going to be a little interesting just having the two of us on here. We're not going to be able to outrule the Pens fan this time. We're not going to be able to both bash you this time, Casey, but we do have a lot to talk about today. We're going to cover the current leaders among the divisions, the recent Penguins slip, and the Jackets' continued struggles. Then we're going to preview the All-Star game, the current playoff standings, and the tank race for Connor Berdard. But like I said, first we're going to take a look at the leaders among the divisions right now. The leaders in each division in the Atlantic, it is the Boston Bruins. In the Metro, it is the Carolina Hurricanes. In the Central, it is the Dallas Stars. And in the Pacific, it is the Seattle Kraken, Casey, are we surprised about, first of all, are we surprised about any of these leaders at this point in the season?
1: Well, first off, I thought the Bruins were actually going to underperform, but right now they're outperforming everybody else. Like, the Bruins right now are at 80 points, and they haven't even played 50 games yet. And the next closest is Carolina with 68. It's not even close. Boston at this point
0: in the season is on record to have the best season that any NHL team has ever had in their history
1: right they are killing it yeah even better than the 96 Red Wings and the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning they are looking dangerous and more dangerous by the day exactly and normally we always talk about how strong the Metro is typically
0: but I would hate to be playing in the Atlantic right now especially if I was a Maple Leafs fan because they have 68 points and they're in second 68 points puts them at these, at tied for second, most amount of points across the entire league, like you said, behind the Hurricanes. And they're sitting in second because the Bruins are sitting at that 80 point margin. They are 38 and six, which is just ridiculous. And it's not like their games are close games that often. They are blowing teams out. They're blowing them out by, you know, six goals. I've even seen some games. The most recent one, I believe, they won by a margin of two or three, which is ridiculous with what they're doing right now on the ice.
1: It's crazy with all Mark in the crease and Patrice Bergeron and Jake DeBrusque and David Pastrnak scoring points left and right. It's absolutely incredible what the Bruins have been doing.
0: It really is. And now there is a specific team I do want to touch on a little bit that I'm very surprised at this point with how young of a franchise they really are. They're seeing this much success. And that is the Seattle Kraken Shh. out in the Pacific. Now... Before the Kraken were entered into the league, we all knew that the most recent team was the Las Vegas Golden Knights who had had very, very strong success in their careers. But all of a sudden, Seattle in their second season sees themselves tied for first in the Pacific being trailed by the Golden Knights who were both tied at 61. I'm very surprised about this because going into this, I realistically did not really see a way in which the Seattle Kraken would be at this point this early on in their tenure as a franchise.
1: It's amazing what the Seattle Kraken have been doing because I do follow the Seattle Kraken on Instagram. All I keep seeing is win after win after win after win after win. They've been one of the hottest teams in the NHL especially Philip Grubauer in the crease and of course they stole Andre Burkowski from the reigning defending undisputed Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche and then Brent Baneer's one of the hottest rookies in the NHL right now. It's amazing what Seattle's been doing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, they made some fantastic moves in the offseason to really build this roster, and everybody's contributing. It's just great to see that, you know, all their points, there's no real standout star. When you look at their stats, they're all just so close. Like, there's no real gap. The biggest gap I'm seeing here is a margin of four points by a player, and it's like they are playing the perfect amount of team hockey, in my opinion, like the way that they just flow on the ice. It is really just something that is incredible to watch, game in and game out. And I do keep up with the Kraken, kind of like you do, but that's because they have one of my favorite players in the NHL that was stolen from us at the beginning of the season, Oliver Bjorkstrand. I miss Ollie so much, but he is absolutely killing it in Seattle, and I couldn't be happier for him. So, like I said, I mean, what we're seeing right now out of just pure talent this season, I think this is definitely the most entertaining season of
1: hockey I've ever watched. Absolutely. And did you see the Western Conference standings? I did. It is a war zone. Like the the first team out is only like 10 points behind the team in first place in the West right now, and that's the Dallas Stars at 65. It's absolute bloodbath.
0: It really is. And with Winnipeg hot on their trail, I mean, you really don't know at this point who's going to pull away the only for sure. Team that you know is going to win their division at this point is the Boston Bruins, but that is just Absolutely. because the point margin differential is just out of this world. Like, you know, like we already mentioned, they are 12 points ahead in first in the Atlantic. There's nobody that's going to be able to touch them. They're the only team that I think is a for sure lock to win their division at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. But moving away from the division leaders, I want to touch on your Pittsburgh Penguins first. Uh. You guys had a really rough stretch in the month of December and the past few weeks too in January the Pens yeah. were number two at one point in the Metro and they have slipped all the way to they're in the last they're, wild card they are spot on the last right wild card. now I believe they're at sixth right now in the Metro uh, which no they're fifth actually alright I did not see this tumble happen at all, but it. I think it's just that mid-season slump that a lot of teams do tend to find themselves in, but I yeah. want to hear your takes on this, since you are the in-house Pens fan, I want to hear your takes on why you think the Pens took this fall from grace at this point in the season.
1: Well, definitely as you said, they did take a huge tumble. They lost 11 of the last 16 games, and the problem is some of those games were actually winnable, including that Winter Classic in Boston where they almost had the Bruins. They almost handed them one of Possibly seven losses, but no, it didn't happen. And then Tristan Jari got hurt, especially during the New Year Winter Classic. And that means we have to deal with the disappearing act known as Casey DeSmith. And they're not taking advantage of the power plays. They're in the middle of the pack in the NHL. But they did find some footing in the Panthers game. They did score like about three or four power play goals, even though they gave up a shorthanded goal. They performed very well in the power play that game. And they still have a top 10 penalty kill, but they're struggling right. But they struggled in January, including four power play goals against when they played at the Ottawa face of the Sens. It's absolutely abysmal right now. And they keep, and Mike Sullivan keeps saying the officials are to blame for their struggles. Not really. You're not taking advantage of every single opportunity that's happened to you. You need to get something going because the Buffalo Sabres, Florida Panthers, and York Islanders, they're coming for your tail because if you're going to make the playoffs for the 17th consecutive year, you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize, hey, what we're doing is not right. You got to get going.
0: Absolutely. And I will completely agree with what you're saying. I don't think the officials are to blame for the Penn's recent struggles. I Right now, currently live with a Penguins fan, so it is a little bit different to see Pens and Jackets on in my house. But <laughs> I do, I do watch the Penguins a lot now that I, I do live with a Pens fan, and I have noticed that, you know, you guys are getting beat a lot, like you said, on the power play. But luckily, um, you've managed to maintain that a little bit to where it's not your sole reason for losing as many games as it has shown. Um, it still hurts you a little bit. But yeah. like you said, you've managed to have some really close games with some really, really good teams. But if you want to make the playoffs, you have got to give it your all because Absolutely. that wild card spot is not a guaranteed hand to anybody. It's always going down to the last game of the season on who's going to slide into that spot.
1: Especially in a division like the Metro, where it's a bloodbath every year. you got to get you got to get points one way or another. It really is. and In
0: in the Metro, there's no easy way around it. There's no no easy way. You have to play every game like it is going to be your very last game of the season. Absolutely. I want to move away from the pens a little bit and talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, my favorite team in the NHL as we continue to struggle. We are dead last in the entire league. It's rough, but I will take it as it is right now, because we are leading the tank race for the once-in-a-generational talent known as Connor Bedard, who we will touch on in just a little bit, but when you look at the Blue Jackets, they are dead last in every single category. In every single category
1: across the league, they are last. Well, you guys are close to last, and there is a reason for your struggles. It's because your injury list rivals the FBI Most Wanted list. You got... (laughs) You got Zach Wierenski, one of my favorite Jackets. Voracek is out. Jake Bean is out. Gustav Nyquist is out. You're basically starting the Cleveland Monsters down in Columbus. That's what you're doing. Yeah,
0: our, our defense alone, that, that's what took the biggest hit this season was a lot of our defensemen got injured very early on in the season. And like you said, it it really is our defense at this point in the season is the Cleveland Monsters. There's no way around it that's just what it is. We had to take you know, some tough losses, some really tough losses this season. But the way I look at it is you know, Johnny Goudreau is playing very, very well. He's playing out of his mind right now in Columbus, despite the fact we only sit with 15 wins and 30 losses so far. But I'll take it with what it is. We have struggled with injuries a lot this season. We did just come off a very, very good win against, I want to say that it was the Calgary Flames who we played. Goudreau's old team, we did win. Or no, we lost that game. My apologies. We did lose that game 4-3 in overtime, but that game was a fantastic game yeah. nonetheless. And to continue the Canada Tour, <laughs> we did beat the Edmonton Oilers on yeah. Wednesday 3-2. to I don't know if you saw any bits of that game or any clips, but I thought it was a fantastic game because none of the star players of the Jackets who you typically see scoring goals, like Boone Jenner, like Lyonet, like Gaudreau, none of them scored at all, fell onto the younger guys. And it was good to see... Our young stars, like Kent Johnson, who ended up scoring yeah. the game-winning goal, it was, it was great to see them getting integrated into this system because at this point, we do have to rely on those younger guys. Normally, at this point in their careers, they're not going to be, you know, put up to this spotlight that they are being put on right now on the Jackets. But we are a very, very young team. We're the second youngest team in the entire NHL. And it's mm-hmm. starting to show a little bit. But I'm glad that these younger guys, you know, like I said, they're, they're starting to step up in big-time situations and ultimately that's what led us to win that fantastic overtime win against the Oilers, and I don't know really where to look for the rest of the season, whether, you know, we touched on it last episode, do we fire Brad Larson, do we not? I think at this point in the season we should keep him under the sole fact that he is such a bad head coach that he will lead us to the first overall pick and ultimately Connor Bedard. There's no other way around it. We're we're going nowhere but for Connor Bedard and honestly, I think that could work for us.
1: One thing I know from tanking is if you're going to tank, tank the right way, not the wrong way. You kind of did that with Edmonton. Didn't you like come back from like two nothing down?
0: We did. We were down two nothing at the end of the first period and Corpusalo, who was getting hounded all night was making some Incredible. I mean, truly, truly incredible saves. And that leaves the question of, I know a few episodes ago in Hockey Talk when it was just Dan and I, we were always talking, you know, should we look to ship off Corpusalo? We should keep Elvis, not Corpusalo. I think that has flipped entirely where yeah. Elvis is having his worst career season ever. Like he's having mm-hmm. his worst season on, on, like, that he's ever had. He's giving up on average four goals a game which is ridiculous if you want to be a goalie in the NHL. You should not be giving up any more. Three is like the absolute like ceiling of what you should be giving up as an NHL goalie on average. When Elvis is in net, he's giving up on average four to five goals a game. He's not playing very well. His save percentage is actually threatening to dip into the .7 range right now, which is abysmal if you are a starting goaltender who we just extended. And this, I guess this begs the question – I think we do keep Corpusalo at this point because mm-hmm. he, he's facing upwards of 40 to 50 shots a game. And yes, we do lose a lot of those games. Yes, it's disappointing at this point in the season, but you know he's only giving up three goals, two, three goals a game, with yeah. facing up to 40, 50 shots a game. I think we keep him at this point in the season because he's playing out of his mind.
1: It seems like both the Jackets and Pens are, have, both have terrible defenses. They're giving up a lot of shots, and especially last night against their... Against the Capitals, the Penguins have given up 22 shots in the first period alone when they only had like eight. Yeah, it's going to be a abysmal season for defense for both the Penguins and the Jackets. It,
0: it really is, but that's why you have to look towards the draft. And honestly, I think at this point in the season, I think the Pens will make a bounce back. I do think you Absolutely. guys will make the wild card. And on the Jackets end, I'm just hoping we end up with the with the first overall pick with Connor <laughs> Bedard because Lord knows. We could really use his talent on this young roster. Absolutely. Moving away from the Penguins and the Jackets, we're going to take a look at the All-Star game because the All-Star game is right around the corner in the NHL. They have announced the rosters. So let's go ahead and recap a little bit of the rosters and let's look at who we think should have made it, who we think shouldn't have made it. So in the Metropolitan Division, we have Sidney Crosby, which comes as no surprise to anybody making his fifth appearance, Johnny Gaudreau making his seventh. Kevin Hayes making his first, Jack Hughes making his second, Brock Nelson making his first, Alex Olvechkin making his eighth, Artemi Panarin making his first, uh, Andrei Shveznikov making his first, Igor Shosturkin making his first, Adam Fox making his first, and Sorokin making his first. got a lot of first-timers here in the Metro, but Mm -hmm. are we surprised by anybody who managed to sneak in, or who do we think should have made it in place of some of these players?
1: Yeah, I'm... I personally don't, personally don't hate this, don't hate all those rosters. I don't either. Absolutely I think it's incredible. a
0: fantastic pick, especially getting Panarin, his first all-star game appearance, because he has been a phenomenal player since back when the Jackets traded for him out of Chicago. He's been a lights-out yeah. player. He's finally starting to get the recognition that he deserves. Now, the thing I was very surprised about to see is that this is actually going to be Igor Shosturkin's first all-Star game appearance. One of the best goalies in what? the entire it's his first appearance this season, which I'm shocked about, but I'm very happy that he's getting the recognition he deserves because Absolutely. he is a phenomenal phenomenal goalie. Honestly, everything else like I kind of agree with you. I think that this list is
1: almost perfect in mm-hmm. my mind. I mean, almost perfect. But that doesn't mean that there's a lot of people who got that doesn't mean there's not a lot of people that got snubbed.
0: Yeah, because the way that you have to think about it, too, is in the NHL, that each team gets represented. It's not like the NBA. It's not like the NFL, where you might not get players that are represented from your team. This is all one player per team. At least one player for each team will get represented. And honestly, I think that for who you have out here on the rosters, I think that representing each team is phenomenal. Like I said, Sidney Crosby representing the Penguins. There's nobody else who should be representing the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point in the season. Johnny Gaudreau. There's absolutely nobody else in Columbus that could come close to representing us on the ice. Not even Patrick Laine at this point in the season because he's only sitting at 29 points and Gaudreau's sitting at 47 points for the Jackets right now. Like I said there's nobody else who I'd rather have representing us, and I just think it's overall just a fantastic, fantastic All-Star uh, roster for the Metro. I want to take a look at the Atlantic now because in the Atlantic we again have a few first-timer appearances. And we've so far got Kucherov making his fourth, Larkin making his third, Marner making his second, Matthews making his fifth. Uh, Let me see here. Suzuki making his second. Tage Thompson, who, by the way, I just want to take a moment to recognize Tage Thompson here, who is lights out. He is insane. And he is making his first appearance for Buffalo. Tachuk for Ottawa making his third. To Chuck again, their brother, <laughs> making the mm-hmm. appearance for the Panthers. Veselovsky, no surprise. They're making his no. fourth appearance. And Allmark for Boston making his first. Again, I see no surprises on this Absolutely. list at all. I think this season might be the first year that I don't have an issue with a majority of the All-Star right. rosters because the level, at, the level of which these players are playing at this season is unrivaled right now.
1: Yeah. And you did mention Austin Matthews. Unfortunately, he might miss this All-Star break because he is out at least three weeks with a knee injury. I did, I did see that today,
0: that he will miss at least three weeks due to a high knee sprain. So hopefully he can get healthy soon. I do want to see him suit up in the All-Star game. He is a like fantastic player to watch, smooth handling with the puck. And obviously, like I've... I've I hate seeing these players get hurt. They're so talented, and I just want to see them succeed. So hopefully, you know, the former and current reigning MVP can get healthy and play in the All-Star game this season.
1: Yeah. And while we're on the topic, there's going to be some – a lot of people are going to say that some of these guys were completely snubbed. Like, there's three specifically in the Atlantic. Tim Stutzley, Tim Stutzel from – the Senators, who averages a point per game, and Rasmus Dain, the second-leading scorer among defensemen from Buffalo, and then Brayden Point, one of my favorite Lightning players, 27 goals and 49 points. How did he not get in?
0: Honestly, when when you say that, like I, I completely agree. How did he not get in? But at the end of the day, you know, like we kind of said, that each team has to be represented by at least one player. And if you're the Lightning, who else are you going to send other than Vasilevsky? He did win the fan vote, too, so he was the clear pick to get sent to the All-Star game. He is literally a top-ten goalie, if not a top-five, always. Right. And he's making his fourth appearance. I mean, that guy has given me nightmares for as long as I can remember with the Jackets struggling in the playoffs. It has just been kind of ridiculous in, in, in a way. Um, moving away from the Atlantic Division, we're going to take a look at the Central Division now where we have Kaprizov making his second, Keller making his third, <laughs> the greatest player in all of hockey In my mind right now, Nathan McKinnon making Mm -hmm. his fifth appearance, Ratanen making his second, Robertson making his first, Tarasenko making his fourth, Seth Jones surprisingly (laughs) making his fourth appearance, (laughs) Kale McCarr making his second, Josh Morrissey making his first, Connor Halbiuk making his third, and Saros, Juicy Saros making his second. I will say I am surprised that Seth
1: Jones made it. Yeah, they should have gone with Patrick Kane, despite the everybody Easily. in Chicago being absolutely terrible. I,
0: I completely agree, because Chicago's one of those teams that they just—we talk about them, it seems, almost every episode— that they just cling on to that roster from 12 years ago, over 12 years ago now, who won them that Stanley Cup over the Boston Bruins. And, quite frankly, I don't think Seth Jones is even in their top five in points on their roster— now I understand that he might be a bigger name to the younger crowd of hockey, as you know, a lot of the more recent hockey fans that have started to spark up are probably too young to remember that playoff uh, and Stanley Cup victory by the Blackhawks. So I understand if you want to have Seth Jones, who's a more uh, recent name to add to your organization, right? Um, but I do not believe that he should be the one representing the Chicago Blackhawks this year. I think he's absolutely been playing- not. His, I think he's playing one of the worst seasons one of the, that he's ever had in his career. He's not playing well at all. He's one of the worst defensemen across the league this year, and yet he's going to be representing the team in the All-Star game, and I just simply don't agree with that at
1: all. Yeah, just excuse me while my sides have fallen off. Now, I do agree with a couple of them, especially Cale McCarr, one of my favorite players in the NHL, and Jason Robertson from the Stars. He, that is definitely a big-time... No-brainer from the Dallas Stars. He's absolutely. Been, he's been playing one of the best hockey of his career, and it's absolutely amazing how Jason Robertson's grown. Absolutely. Now,
0: moving away from that, we're going to take a look at the last division and also, I think, the most entertaining division in hockey this season mm-hmm. in the Pacific Division. Because right now we've got Matty Biner's making his first, Dreisaitl making his fourth, Eliah making his first, Bo Horvat, one of my favorite players in the NHL, making his second, Nazim Kadri making his second, Connor McDavid making his sixth, Elias Peterson making his third, Tori Terry making his second, Eric Carlson making his seventh, Stuart Skinner making his first, and Logan Thompson also making his first. I will say this, there are a lot of first-timers in the All-Star game. This is the most first-time All-Star appearances in NHL history, with a total of 15 first-time All-Star appearances, five players. Again, I think this list is very, very well put together. This might be one of the first times I don't have anything to complain about. I think the league and each organization did a fantastic job of
1: selecting who deserves to be an All-Star. Absolutely. I definitely agree with Conor McDavid and Nazem Kadri. They've both been playing very, very well, especially Nazem Kadri being stolen from the ring, depending on his beat, Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, going to the Calgary Flames. He's been playing very well. And we talked about Berniers earlier. He, like we said, one of the best rookies right now in the field. And right now, the only snub I say is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But then again, you did say that all 32 teams were going to be represented. And of course, you're going to pick Connor McDavid over Nugent Hopkins. Always,
0: because it's Connor McDavid. He, in a lot of people's minds, like it's always up for debate whether if Connor McDavid is better, or whether Nathan McKinnon is better. It's always that conversation, and you can't take out either one of those guys from the All-Star game until they literally cannot play hockey anymore. They will always be talked about because they are the icons of this of this league. They really are. They're like, I don't want to say like a Jordan and LeBron type of debate, but that is the style of debate that is always brought up when you talk about Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid. Absolutely. Now, that's a like I we talked to Don. That is a fantastic all star roster across the board. But I want to take a look at not the all star game anymore, but the tank race. This is a big meme across anybody ah, who's a big the NHL tankly fan, Cup playoffs. Let's do it. It. Is, it is the Tankly Cup playoffs. And for those of you who don't know, the biggest meme right now in the NHL is who is going to win the tank race for the once in a generational talent that some people are calling this man in Connor Berdard. Connor Berdard is the most sought-after prospect in an, like, in the NHL probably in the last 20 years. People are calling him a once-in-a-generational talent. This man alone could single-handedly turn around your organization, and a lot of teams are actually tanking to get this man because he is that sought-after. So I just want to take a look at the bottom five teams in the NHL yep. because the bottom five teams are... Pretty down in the bottom five at this point in the season. Yeah, pretty much. The San Jose Sharks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Anaheim Ducks, the Chicago Blackhawks, and of course, sitting in dead last, your very own Columbus Blue Jackets. Taking a look
1: at this, though, who do you think in your mind will win the tank race? Ooh, this is absolutely tough because, of course, the Anaheim Ducks, they've been having their worst season in decades. But the Columbus Blue Jackets, you're definitely going down and down and down and down, especially if you're going to play in the Metropolitan and you got the Boston Bruins playing more than twice. Yeah, you guys are definitely on the front line of bringing home the Tankley Cup and taking home that first overall pick. I really want to say that we'll do it, and I believe that we do
0: have a chance, however, I think the Chicago Blackhawks will ultimately beat us out because we have been trading places with the Blackhawks since probably about November now. We've been trading places at the bottom of the league with them. So I think it's going to be up between either the Jackets or the Blackhawks. Now, I do want to take a look and see how this might affect either one of the rosters. I think adding in, in the event that the Blue Jackets do get Connor Bernard, I think adding him into the mix with Patrick Laine and Johnny Gaudreau is going to absolutely raise the Jackets to a whole nother level. Now, I know that when we brought in Johnny Gaudreau, the talk of the town was how good the Jackets are going to be in the Metropolitan Division this year. And we are dead last, not only in the division, but again, in the entire NHL, we are we are dead yeah. last. But how? But I do take a look at this. We have struggled with our injuries. Our defensemen yeah. are all gone. They're all hurt. But now knowing that we have pure raw talent with some of those young guys that we've had to bring up, for example, Marchenko, who is playing phenomenal hockey as a defenseman. He's out of his mind, had a hat trick in his first month of his career. I think that we add in all of those young defensive pieces as well as when he comes back, we're going to have Zach Winsky back. We're going to have Jake Bean back. We're going to have all of these players returning from injury finally. And if you add Connor Berdard into that mix, that would be unreal. The first line for the Columbus Blue Jackets would be almost unheard of with how star-packed that would be. Gaudreau, Line, Berdard, Rawinski, and possibly Jake Bean. Or, in my opinion, he hasn't been playing the best hockey this season, but I do believe if we do give him more ice time, he might be able to contribute a little bit more Eric Goodbranson. I think if we could have that as a starting, as a starting five, with Corpus Allo in net, I think that could actually result in a Stanley Cup run by the Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: Yeah, if not, making it to the second round again, especially in especially an upset run, that would definitely be awesome. And At least. I would, I would definitely be scared if the Penguins have to play that. that yeah. That's awesome. It, it's been quite some time since the Blue Jackets
0: have won a series. We've actually only ever won one playoff series in our existence as a franchise, and that is when we... Managed to sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, which is still one of the greatest memories of my life. And then, unfortunately, we had to run into the Boston Bruins. I still was at the last game watching the final game. I got to see Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin wear the red, white, and blue of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that really hurt, I won't lie to you. You know, being in that atmosphere at Nationwide Arena... Uh, Truly, in in my opinion, there is no fan base quite like the Columbus Blue Jackets because even though we're dead last in the entire league, we're still selling out Nationwide Arena every single night. That is insane. There's just a love for hockey in Columbus, and I love the Jackets. I'll never forget that atmosphere. I want to go back to that atmosphere. I want to see what Columbus would be like in the Stanley Cup. I just want to see that. We don't have to win, but in my lifetime, if I could just see us make it one time, I would be happy because it would show that we're not a cursed city and we have hope.
1: I would definitely want to see you guys get so popular that you would have to do a stadium series game at Ohio Stadium. You know how sick that would be? That would be awesome because I'm getting a little sick and tired of the Blue Jackets
0: constantly being overlooked for the Classic games. I'm getting really sick and tired of it. You know, we're getting overlooked for the Winter Classic any stadium. We're getting overlooked every single season. I think I saw a thing that the Minnesota Wild are actually going to be getting another Winter Classic game coming up before the Blue Jackets, and they have been in existence for a shorter period of time than we have. I understand that they've had you know, more success across the board, but I'm sick and tired of people treating Columbus like we're a watered-down market where a bunch of nobodies play. I'm ready to show, the, like I'm ready along with the thousands and thousands of other Jackets fans to show the world that, we can contend, and that's all I want. It's it's like one of those underdog stories where in the NBA, when um the Toronto Raptors managed to beat the Golden State Warriors, Toronto, up until that point, was considered a small market team because who would want to go play basketball in Canada? Well, mm. all of a sudden, they get Kawhi Leonard. All of a sudden, I Pascal Siakam gets drafted. It was just a formulating thing that boosted them to a... Uh, a certain standard in the league where they're no longer a watered-down market team. And that's what I want to see for the Blue Jackets. I think that in the event, like I said, that we do add Connor Burdard, I think that that will elevate us to a whole nother level. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I think that might wrap it up. Do you have any closing thoughts for us today, Casey?
1: <sighs> Penguins, just get your act together. And Blue Jackets, <laughs> take the other way. Take the other way. Tank for Berdard. Honestly, at this point in the season, keep Brad
0: Larson. I'll run with the punches for as long as I can, but next season, he better be gone. For more SBT content, please follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports. Tune in every Sunday to 88.1 FM for sports-powered Suck and download our podcasts, SBT Overtime and SBT Rewind, that are now streaming on all services. My name is Patrick Weber, and I was joined by Casey Rush. And go Jackets. And go Pets.